I will awaken for the sake of all sentient beings and quickly, and for all beings, wisdom, compassion, and non-clinging awareness. I just want to say a few words about, about the word um, Mahayana. I think are all of you are familiar with that term Mahayana. Maybe some not. See? Mahayana? No? Let's, let's put that up on the board there. It's a very, very uh, important word. Permit mark. Probably. Probably. Okay. This this word is the word the word uh, or the ending yana is usually vehicle way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Uh, vehicle, uh, path, this, this kind of thing. <clears throat> and maha is great, superior, glorious, exalted, this kind of thing. This particular vehicle, uh, this, this, this view of, of liberation, this view of dharma, this all-encompassing uh, vision of dharma, uh, arose really as a reaction um, to not everybody, but a tend, a trend, a tendency within uh, the very traditional streams of uh, Dharma practitioners to uh, be concerned about their own liberation and not the welfare of others. Okay? But you will see in very, very early uh, writings the seeds of the Mahayana. So Mahayana, certainly the Buddha, uh, the, as a historic being, and the writings of the Buddha in the suttas, uh, cared for all beings, had an extraordinary vast vision. Uh, but what sometimes comes through the, uh, the teachings and what comes through some of the stories and so on is this feeling of uh, liberation, one's own solitary liberation, becoming free, and so on, from this round of samsara. So as a corrective to that, uh, there arose uh, over time, through hundreds of years, a very strong movement which eventually called itself Mahayana, great vehicle, to, to separate itself out from the lesser vehicle, the Hinayana. Uh, and uh, this movement was, was strong. You see sutra, sutras uh, called Mahayana Sutras, that reinforce and um, promote the view of that liberation is simply not possible unless it encompasses all, all beings. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not real, it's not full liberation. So just to give you a little historic background. So then you see the arising of these uh, teachings and these um, uh, teachings ascribed to the Buddha which spell out this tremendously vast vision of totality that includes all beings' liberation, all beings' freedom, uh, all sentient beings coming along. And the potential, which was fairly new in terms of the writings, the potential for all beings uh, to be liberated, no matter how 
um, difficult their mind states. Yeah? And the potential to liberate in one lifetime. So, this is, yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if you can clarify what you mean by lesser, the Hinayana being lesser, because... Terminology used by the Mahayana. <laughs> not by the Hinayana, because the Hinayana, Hinayana didn't call themselves Hinayana. But one's not better than the other. I mean, the Hinayana, is that not the foundation for the yes. Mahayana? Yes, so, so one needs to be careful there that the Hinayana, uh, even though it's often called the lesser vehicle, uh, some teachers will call it the basic or foundation vehicle, and, uh, which is proper. But, um, but also many, many writings and very classic writings uh, put down the Hinayana as a lesser vehicle and uh, to some degree, quite right. But one, what I want to say this morning is be very careful that you don't mix up Theravadan practitioners with Hinayana, that is the tradition of the elders with Hinayana because even among Vajrayana Mahayana practitioners, there are beings that are on about it for themselves and are lost in that desire to be liberated for themselves. Did you follow what I mean? So even though you may be a Mahayana practitioner, you say, I'm of the Mahayana, and I'm practicing Vajrayana, which is of the Mahayana, uh, you can still be a complete, in a negative term, Hinayana practitioner because it's, all about, it's just all about yourself, all about yourself, all about yourself, all about yourself. And in that sense, I'm, this is my own personal view. So, good morning, Jess. Just finishing up now. Uh, just final last words. Is the Hinayana view in a negative way um, can turn into, especially with a Western twist, a almost a psychotherapeutic? view of liberation. Whereas the Mahayana just blows that open. Just blows that right right open. But the the um, the in the Hinayana base, if you want, Hinayana foundation, uh, is the um, recognition that the primary suffering, the main suffering, comes from the clinging to self view. Okay? And that is an absolutely f- important foundation to, um, to grasp, even though it's a funny word. To grasp, to comprehend. Does it make sense? So if you don't have that basis of Hinayana, there's no way that you can comprehend Mahayana or Vajrayana. So in one sense, if you focus always on yourself then it is a lesser vehicle. But if you don't clear up the uh, view of self, then you are certainly not going to be able to comprehend Mahayana. Comprende? And one of the reasons for the negativity about the solitary realizers, this is historical, you know, these, these things come through text and then become labels. We'll be very careful about these labels. 
is these, uh, these are beings that, that don't have lineage, if you wish. And because of that, the tendency, that the, the normal tendency is they don't become very good teachers. They don't, they don't actually know how they got there. So this is, this is, this is uh, why. Um, for instance, I'll tell you a story that I was told to me. I wasn't there for it, but, but I, 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 very, very um, dependable beings. Uh, a certain Western teacher was, uh, who was a very accomplished teacher, was in an insight retreat at an insight retreat center, I think in Malaysia, somewhere in Southeast Asia, and all these uh, fairly accomplished insight meditators meditating away, some years and years and years and years and years and years. And this one young man, I think in his early 20s or maybe 19, 20, just walked in one day and said, "I want to, you know, do some insight meditation with a knapsack." and uh, received some instructions from the teacher and uh, participated in the uh, group of practitioners. And within a week had experienced the nature, had experienced uh, Sotapana, the first stage of the path. And the, teach, the meditation master confirmed it. And the student said, great, and, wa- and just left. Just, sure, thanks, great. Just passed on. That was that. Just sort of like... So that's, that's that, that um, <coughs> negativity about these beings that just liberate and experience their freedom, but actually don't have the background training to now effectively uh, teach others. I'm fine. How are you? Suffering. Oh, well. Um, great. Car- carry on. And um, I-, I know of a retreat center. You might want to try some insight meditation. This is, this is, this is what ha- actually happens. Actually happens. It does happen. really does happen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, this, this is why, this is, uh, well, I don't know about that, but, but these divisions, you have to always remember, all divisions are artificial divisions. So let's not be, let's be careful. You know, it's like, it's like there's a tendency sometimes to look at Terawad and his Hinayana. Uh, people do that. No, 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 there's great, greatly uh, compassionate, liberated beings within the, the, the uh, Terawad tradition that have a beautiful scope of great vision. So one, one needs to be temper this, as well as Mahayana. Um, so these categories are to just uh, l- say, look out and watch for tendencies. But there's, you know, there's a vast range of human beings. Eh? It's not just black and white. Categories are used to spot things for training, but there's a vast range in here. Vast range. Vast range. So, yes. Do things truly have different potential, like? Yeah. They well. The, <clears throat> let's 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 say it again. It's clear. It's in the text. It's very clear. All beings are Buddhas, Buddha, permeated by Buddha nature. Some beings have a harder time realizing that than others, and because of that, it may be compassionate that they hear. And, and because of karmic formations, approach or come to different teachers with different vision and therefore come to different realizations about the scope of liberation. Does this make sense? And at a compassion, that may be just where they need to rest at that time. I see this all the time, by the way. So don't, don't think this is artificial. 
I get to see this all the time. I get to see people that, that uh, ask me for meditation or want to come to classes or occasionally come to class, whatever it is, but they're actually so concerned with their, liber- their suffering. The idea of even these uh, meditations, tantric meditations, for the benefit of all beings is way too foreign for them. I've known even meditation teachers uh, who teach many beings who've told me that they, um, they just, you know, just, what's, what's all this visualization stuff? I mean, they, don't, they don't get it. It's like, just, just breath, breath, be. Yeah, really. No, I'm not kidding. And they're good. They're good. They're beautiful beings, but it's about get these beings liberated. But the, the vision of what's possible with mind is very limited. And yet, beautiful potential. So they need to meet somebody that can awaken that and they meet, need to meet the right person to awaken that where there's a match. And that can take many years or be right away. I've seen this so many times. So many times. So many times. So many times. But if you're, if you're all about being, then you would want unity. You would, that's what you would be striving for. Some, no, no, not necessarily. Some beings are just uh, so much um, with conflicted emotions that uh, everything, even the even compassion then, gets directed towards their liberation. A little twist on a theme, but it can happen. Yeah. Does compassion naturally develop as one's conflicted emotions start dropping away? Yes. Actually, loving kindness has to. But a, a vaster vision of compassion sometimes, often needs to be introduced and uh, directed by another being. This, even among great Vajrayana teachers, because I've, I've seen this, but I've also read about this, and I've seen this with my own eyes, even people practicing in Vajrayana totality liberation for all beings can subtly stray into meditations about their essence of mind. Did you follow? Their essence of mind. Mahamudra Zogchen. Their essence of mind. And start to lose the all-encompassing nature of what's possible. And that, that needs to be brought back by the teacher, brought back by the teacher. So you give an example. There's a beautiful section in the biography of Shabkar. 200 years old, his biography. It's a book about that thick. But in there, he's got some very accomplished students that are in deep retreat and come back to see him once a year. Just go in retreat, come back. And one of them, or a couple of them actually, but one in particular, one of his close students, uh, after a year, after the winters are over, and they can actually get to see each other because it snows, comes back to Shabkar's caves and says, I'd like to make a report. And he says, yes, I'd like, you know, sure. You know, so he starts to sing a song of realization about, his, about emptiness. It's beautiful. And Shabkar says, your realization of emptiness is as good as mine. But your compassion stinks. It's meditating all that time on your mind, on your liberation, on your, on your experiences of emptiness, which are superb. But you're missing the heart of compassion. So go back to your cave and day and night meditate on the compassion of all beings until it's complete.
So even that, starting with a Vajrayana teacher of incredible attainment, imbued with all this meditation on compassion, and the straying happens. You have to say, that's very nice, you've got great realization of emptiness, but you've lost the point. Fantastic, eh? So you think theoretically it should happen, but doesn't always. Doesn't always happen. It's very easy to be practicing these uh, tantric teachings for all beings, and actually secretly, even without you knowing it, stray into my meditation, my mind, my liberation, even while you're practicing tantric meditations. It's quite something. So for that reason, teachers can get very fierce with students. They don't always mean nasty, but fierce. To, to move that mind uh, into a vaster view. Vaster view, vaster view. Because there's these impediments, these uh, obscurations of called knowledge to the scope of compassion, <coughs> which is all to do with the nature of emptiness. That's quite something. So Mark, when you teach beginners, do you begin with the liberation of all beings? Uh, I always, uh, always teach always teach from the highest view that this being knows. And if people don't like it, it sorts out the, the millet uh, from the uh, prairie wheat chaff, so to speak. And I don't mind, because, because there's beings actually that come for study, and after a while, or even right away, I can tell, they, they're not, this is not actually a path for them. They just like a meditation technique. That's okay. They'd like a meditation technique to feel better or to... Uh, I can say all kinds of things I don't want, but it's, it's not about uh, Mahayana. It's not about liberation. It's not actually about liberation. But they want help. That's fine. But there's many other people that can teach that. That's fine. You know, so... so um, separates it out. Self-liberation is not necessarily a basis for all liberation. It's all liberation. Yeah, but, but there may be someone that has an inkling. This is always about skill and means and what you can see and all kinds of things. But it's sometimes beings with, a, with, with um, all about themselves, totally, utterly about themselves. But you can detect that spark underneath. It just needs to be ripened. And others, no, it's so diluted. You know, it's just so diluted. Or it's just about about um, some other number, corporate number, something like that. Power, power, something. So you have to spot that. And and the beautiful thing is people sort themselves out. So you have to just have patience. Uh, what is suitable for one being, for one teacher, is not suitable for another. This is lovely. It's a lovely mystery. The affinity of different people for different uh, teachers and different types of teaching. Is, is, is tremendous. So it's thousands of teachers giving different flavors of the Dharma. And uh, some students go, well, yeah, it's nice, I like it, but, you know. but that person, oh my God, it resonates with me. That's why it's very, it's why very important when you hear teachings, CDs or DVDs, or a YouTube, which I hardly ever look at, a YouTube, I mean, just YouTube videos, or books, even books that are transcribed, and you hear Dharma talks by a teacher, including myself, be very careful that you don't fall into 
that's the way it always is because that teacher is often teaching to that group of students at that time, at that moment, to certain beings in the room to bring about a greater awareness. And then you have the student that puts her hand up in the middle of a class and says, you know, I was listening to a talk on YouTube or I, I saw a book by Ringel Tuku or, or Trangar Rinpoche and he says, or Namja Rinpoche, and on page 35, 151, he says the following. And as Nero Wolf would say, shut up. Or as Namja Rinpoche would often say, shut because it's a deep misunderstanding of the way in which skillful teaching is taught to a certain group of beings at a certain group of time, at a certain time to elicit that. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Just don't go around trying to get it all right by going, well, you know, so-and-so said. You know those types? So-and-so said. Don't want to hear it. Immediacy for now. What do we need right now? It's beautiful. Beautiful beautiful richness. That's why it's so rich. It's lovely. That's why I, that's sometimes why I love reading some teachings uh, by different Dharma teachers. I go, wow, that's lovely, not following that. That's just beautiful. Look at the skill of that. 1960s teachings to a whole bunch of beings that are on mescaline. What do you do with a whole room or three-quarters of a room full of beings that have just popped mushrooms? Serious. Yeah. And then 10 years later, they're all into, you know, astrology and whatever it is. Okay. So this is, this is, this, this is, this, what, are you, what, are you, what are you dealing with? Who are you addressing? That'd be like, like addressing a group of farmers uh, in, near, near out, in the outskirts of Winnipeg. Yeah. Or giving a talk to um, a, perhaps a, uh, you visit CERN or something and they ask you to give a Dharma talk at CERN. What, who's your, who, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? <clears throat> doesn't change the nature of ultimate truth, but it's how it's shaped for beings, for beings, for beings. Okay. Let's carry on. In the same way that this text, <coughs> this text uh, doesn't necessarily resonate with all people in this generation. Does that make sense? But uh, 900 years ago, bang on, bang on to a certain crew of people, yeah? or even for hundreds and hundreds of years after that. But for the Western being, uh, uh, sometimes read it, or, or an Abhidhamma text, the Abhidhamma Sangha. Ever read the Abhidhamma Sangha? How, how's that for Western mind? Just like right away. Incomprehensible, yeah. and yet written uh, in a style as taught monastically two thousand years ago, and still used today monastically. Let's carry on. Oh, there's lots here. We'll just keep keep. Um. So, where did we leave off? Ah, number five, the Mahayana family. What kind of family is the Mahayana? The summary? Classification, definition, synonyms, reason is superior to other families. Causal characteristics and marks. These six comprise the Mahayana family. A. First of all, classification. 
This family has two classifications, the natural abiding family and the perfectly workable family. Okay, naturally abiding family and the perfectly workable family. This refers to those that get it naturally, just naturally, and those that require a lot more skillful teachings. Not because they're stupid, just require many more um, path-like teachings. See how it's translated in different places? have very different <clears throat> classification here is twofold the self-existing and the evolved family or the evolved yeah it should be actually evolving family right? let's see Now, I'd have to really give a good go on that. I like this one from number one, uh, the translation, switched, switched off potential. I like that. Switched off potential for number one. It's not that it's not there, it's just been switched off for some reason. So where's the switch? This is, this is the key to teaching. It's not what you're teaching, but where's the switch for the being? What, what, is, it, what is it out of compassion will uh, elicit um, the spark of awakening for the other. This is compassion. The disconnected. The switched off. Temporarily switched off. There are two main categories of this potential. The potential as exists naturally and the potential as something to be, to be most properly attained. This has to do with the, na the beings that get it, that can see it as natural, the uh, Buddha nature, and beings that have to take a more gradual path. So as it says here, A, the potential as exists naturally is the ability existing since beginningless time and obtained through the universal essence to give rise to enlightened qualities. And then the potential as something which will be most properly attained is the ability to give rise to enlightened qualities that is obtained through former cultivation of virtue. You, normally, this when they say virtue, is a more graduated path and the beings have um, stored merit to be able to hear Dharma, be able to hear the Mahayana.
Now, a definition. Yeah. Second is the explanation of the respective essences of these individuals. The naturally abiding family has, from beginningless time, had the potential to develop all the Buddha's qualities through suchness. That is, what they're going to hear and ripen through is teachings of totality and teachings of essence of mind, liberation. Uh, others need a more gradual um, process. The perfectly workable family has the potential to achieve the Buddha's qualities through the power of habituating themselves in root virtue, in good states and good qualities, and therefore they awaken. Yeah? The other, it's already done with the other. The, 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 the basis of virtue is already uh, present in their being. Other one needs to be worked. For most of us, uh, the last one is the case. The vast majority. Um, there are little holes in our, in our merit, little holes in our virtue uh, side, which weaken our ability to uh, tread, if you wish, or walk the path of Dharma. Synonyms. The synonyms of family are potential seed, sphere element, and natural a mode of abiding. And superiority, the hearer and solitary realizer families are inferior by virtue of the fact that they fully purify their families by dispelling only the obscuration of afflicting emotions. In other words, well, I've repeated this so many times. Um, it's on about your afflicting emotions, but there's not the view of emptiness and there's not the view of totality realization. The Mahayana is superior because it fully purifies its family by dispelling the two obscurations, both afflicting emotions and the subtle obscurations to enlightenment of emptiness, the nature of emptiness, and also the scope of compassion. Therefore, the Mahayana family is superior and unsurpassed. Causal characteristics. The causal characteristics of the family are described as awakened and unawakened. The awakened family has achieved the fruit perfectly, and the signs are very obvious. It's, it's like a, a being presents itself, and all the qualities are there. They just need to hear about liberation. They just need to encounter it. And things just like that. The unawakened family has not achieved the fruit perfectly, and its mark is not obvious. I would just say not so obvious. What would cause this family to awaken? This family, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> this family can awaken through freedom from unfavorable contributor causes and through the support of favorable conditions. If the opposites occur, then they cannot awaken. So uh, what this means is they need uh, favorable contributory causes and the support of favorable conditions. That, now, what would that mean? Things like a suitable monastery, a suitable place to meditate, good sangha, good good community, a beautiful place to meditate, not a charnel ground. Maybe it would be difficult on a freighter with a pounding uh, noise, or difficult or, uh, to liberate within a, um, a coffee house. You know what I mean? So they must have suitable, te- su- the, the right conditions to ripen. Hmm? 
the meditation cushion must be uh, a lavender, a color. You know what I mean? The, 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 all the things just must be right. Must All the symbols and signs and everything else must be put into there to ripen that mind uh, so it can actually... That's most beings, actually. Most beings. Most beings. There was a teacher, the teacher of uh, Longchenpa, great, great teacher of the 16th century, highly attained being, uh, approached his teacher, which was in the middle of a, of a tent site in the wilds of Tibet. And uh, the teacher recognized the potential of Longchenpa as a, as a great bodhisattva. Longchenpa asked for teachings. The teacher says, sure. And he said to the community, you're going to support him. And Longchenpa didn't have a cent. You're going to support him. Of course, he got the worst conditions. As I understand it, he got the ledge. He didn't get the cave, he got the ledge. (laughs) And not only did he get the ledge, he got the tarp over the ledge to keep the snow and the rain off, and the last of the food. But his dedication was so so much. But this this teacher, uh, no monasteries, no retreat centers, tent site to tent site, Every couple of weeks, so just as they're getting settled in, the teacher would always pull camp and move. For years and years and years and years and years, never being able to actually settle in anywhere. Then, here we go, settle in, there we go, settle in, there we go. So, uh, for these beings, and certainly for Longchenpa, uh, the natural affinity of lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes, great merit is there because the they're pointed, their mind is pointed on the essential nature, not all the other stuff. Not all the stuff. Others? Monasteries, retreat centers, beautiful places, yeah? Good. Compassion. Compassion. There are four favorable conditions being born in unfavorable circumstances. Sorry, there are four unfavorable conditions <coughs> being born in unfavorable circumstances. It's important to realize. The conditioning is really rough and tough. And where will the concern be? It won't be about liberation. It'll be about what? Food, clothing, medicine, job, income. And for some, where's the next theft? I lived in a place like that. I can, I can, I can attest to this. I lived in a place that was not ready and ripe for Dharma among the populace, except for very few people, because everything was about attaining enough income. The, the generational period was not, was not right. So you have to understand where you're teaching. So one really shouldn't be teaching in an inappropriate place, because the beings may not, their, their, their whole life may not be so concerned with war, or with just feeding their children, feeding themselves, the last thing in their minds is dharma. <clears throat> Having no habitual tendency towards enlightenment, entering into wrong conditions, and being heavily shrouded by the obscurations. So, so look for this. So be, be careful. Even in this heavenly realm, there are beings who've been born into situations where it's so good there's zero desire for liberation at all. It's so favorable, in fact, that it's unfavorable. 
Uh, yeah, some of them are actually, they're just pleasant. Some are unhappy, miserable. But I've met people, they're actually really just very pleasant. Life is just actually quite good. And others, yeah, life is excellent but miserable. Kind of, or, or just swinging like this. I once, I once had an experience, just to share this, of being on a boat trip. And before the boat trip, we're all together. It's a, an, uh, an Indonesian dive trip. And we're staying at the Oberai Hotel um, in Bali. And sitting on the, um, outside the uh, hotel room, and all the people on the, ship, on the boat, the boat trip, it was about 30, maybe 50, 60 people, 30, 36 people on this dive trip. Maybe not that many getting together, and all were just getting to know each other. And this couple uh, from the United States, we got talking, lovely couple, bright, bright, wonderful. They've been on many, many boat trips. They go, like to go diving once or twice a year. And they um, just got talking, and they asked me about what I do and my life. And these people are extremely wealthy, extremely wealthy. And I remember after a few days, because we had a few days to get a... And then on the boat, maybe it was on the boat trip, they said to me, they were just sitting down, we were having a tea or something after a dive, and said, you are so wealthy. Your life is like no other life we've heard. We have so much money. They were just being honest, you know, absolutely. And we could go on dive boats all year long, but with the trusts and the philanthropy and the family stuff and just everything we have to take care of, many houses, all kinds of things. Our lives are like bound. You know, bound? Bound. It was an amazing thing. I'm not, I'm not, um, I was not boasting. But there was this profound moment of like, who are you? How do you live? See? The freedom. They just said, the freedom. You're just so wealthy wealthy to have this kind of freedom. So even though these beings are uh, traveling with Rinpoche once or twice a year <coughs> on a boat trip, it's the first thing from their mind is liberation. And yet their lives are so amazing, doing amazing things. Very interesting. Eh? Unsuitable conditions. Being in a godlike realm, it's actually unsuitable. Heavily shrouded by obscurations, there are two favorable conditions, the outer condition of a teacher, the inner condition of a mind with the proper desire for the precious dharma, and so forth. Yeah. There is a problem today, if I may, not, not necessarily here, but I think among uh, many, many Western um, students, the well, sometimes it's overblown, but uh, there is a tendency sometimes that the Dharma, the value of Dharma and the path of liberation is really not taken as a precious jewel. It's kind of something you do as a hobby. You know what I mean? I get to encounter that. Where you practice Dharma, you have classes, you attend retreats, kind of within your own schedule. You fit it in. 
as opposed to making it a life enterprise. I, I, I feel this. I'm saying this because I get to encounter this. And it can take a very, very long time to ripen beings to the point where Dharma is not about being Buddhist, although in the East you certainly would use that term. It's about, Dharma is about all encompassing it into your life. I'm seeing here on Gallio, other places I go to, a very beautiful, precious thing happening, which is I'm seeing more and more people seeing the value of Dharma and the support of a place like this to host the teaching of Dharma uh, as a very, very precious a gem. So um, this is marvelous. This is good. That can take a long time to, to ripen. I don't, and, and uh, actually there's, there's, there's one person in Germany who's um, a nun is always surprised by me, by how lax I am in letting people uh, find their way to do formal things that are very Buddhist around me. Uh, she's like, just finds it hard to take. But I, I like to see people uh, come to the preciousness of Dharma and the preciousness of the teacher. Not precious, I don't mean this, but the, the, the um, preciousness of how vital this is um, naturally without it being an artificial thing. This is how you do it. This is how you uh, come in the room. This is how you, everything is ritualized. I actually prefer it to become uh, very natural. Maybe, maybe too slow. I don't know. Okay. F. Marks. The marks of this family are the signs which indicate the Bodhisattva family. The Ten Noble Bhumi Sutra says, the family, <coughs> the family of wise Bodhisattvas can be recognized by its signs, just as fire is known by its smoke, and water is known by water birds. Fantastic archaic language, isn't it? Water is known by water birds. In that case, what kinds of marks are there? Their bodies and speech are naturally gentle without dependence on a remedy. Do you know what that means? This is, this is so beautiful. That means that their speech, their body, and their mind are in a place that don't require reference to a remedy about liberation. In other words, what comes out of their speech and comes out of their being uh, naturally speaks liberation, like it oozes out of their pores, but doesn't require always talking about dharma, always the remedy of suffering. It just is how they are. Does that, that make sense? Their minds are less deceitful and have loving kindness and clarity towards sentient beings. The potential of the wise of bodhisattvas is detected by its signs, 
just as fire is recognized through smoke and water detected by the presence of waterfowl. What are these signs of bodhisattvas? They are naturally and uncontrivedly, see that's it, naturally and uncontrivedly peaceful in what they do, they say. Their minds have little deceit or hypocrisy, and they are loving and joyful in their relations with others. Uh, this it says in the Dasa Dharma Kasutra, quote, never rough or rude, beyond deceit or hypocrisy, and full of love for beings. They are bodhisattvas. So I want to use this, instead of you going, well, I'm not a bodhisattva, and that's a very hard thing. Uh, why don't you make a list uh, of qualities that you have, every single being in this room has, because you're all budding bodhisattvas, is make up a list, be honest with yourself, and make a list of the good qualities that you have and exhibit from time to time, and see that all these qualities are actually in you, instead of going, oh, a a bodhisattva, but actually look at it in factually and go, well, the Buddha nature's actually manifesting through the name. Because I can look around the room and I look at uh, all these beings and I go, wait a minute, you've got many of these qualities. Is that right? Don't you? You exhibit loving kindness from time to time? Yes? Are you deceitful all day long? I don't think so. Do you exhibit undeceitful qualities? How many people in the room, you should, we're Westerners, right? So we can do this. Wouldn't, wouldn't get away with this in many other places. Put your hands up if you're undeceitful for a good part of the day. <laughs> Does anybody experience loving kindness towards other beings throughout the day? It's good. Is it like an all day no loving kindness? I don't think so. Not in this room. That's how you check. Check. Make a, make a list. It'll give you confidence. Give you confidence. The, Bod- the Buddha nature is actually poking and peering through. Correct? What's it going to require then? Refinement. 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 How many people are, are being hypocritical through the majority of the day? Are hypocrites? I don't see your hands going up. Yeah? Yes? Yeah? Well, that's interesting. Okay. All all day long? No. There's some hope. Yeah? There's a a disconnect more and more that's becoming very apparent. Between between the speech and what comes out? Uh, No, it's more the... um, it's, It's deeper than speech. It's more... Always is. The, the construction, right? The, the story that, uh, you know, or what you are, or what you should, this is the way to life, da 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 da. Becoming. Um, but it's not 100%, is it? No, no. Is it, is it 90%? No. Is it 85%? <laughs> no. Is it 32 Okay. So, so, what, so what's the rest? 
Not 33, but 32. Not 32 and a half, but... Sorry. So where, where's the rest? Okay, good. So you see, and if that is harnessed and refined, it becomes more jewel-like and more jewel-like and more jewel-like. So it's there. Yes. But, but, then you're going to go, some of you are going to go, yes, but that couldn't possibly be it. It's too simple. It's too boring. It's, you'd be kind of like a nice person, but boring. Where's the thunder and lightning and trumpets and French horns that you're, you're supposed to have about liberation, right? But what's it saying about a bodhisattva? These are qualities that are pervasive. Do you think the bodhisattvas going around and everywhere they go there are horn, French horns and uh, then the, the bassoons come in? And the, all the trees shake, and then there's uh, magical flowers that just come from the skies, falling everywhere. And, I mean, what do you think it is? Well, their, their experience would be quite glorious, yeah? Yeah, but what happens when it's glorious enough that it becomes the ordinary way in which things are? Ordinarily glorious. Yeah, but ordinarily glorious, not... Because <laughs> the Western mind wants it to be a peyote trip. It's not. It does. It's so imbued with this, this uh, a psychic, mystical, far out, blown out thing, right? That that's what is the signs of Bodhisattva. But actually, uh, in our lineage, want to see if a person can make a cup of tea. And, and all the qualities that go with that, which is what's here. How about, how about rude? Who, who was exceedingly rude this morning uh, before class? Anybody exceedingly rude? How about a little bit rude? Okay, a little bit rude? Good. Yesterday, how many times? Rude. Rude and crude. Not so many, yes? Can you remember a day, like a whole day, of not being rude to other beings? It's good, isn't it? Have you ever been in a place with others that are rude all day long? Rude. Rude, crude, full of hypocrisy, and wrong speech. All day long. And then, you want the worst? Percolated coffee. <laughs> By the gallon. I have. Months and months and months at a time. Oh, yes. Yes. I have lived in that. Seeped in that. Three, four of us in a cabin, three from a certain place in Canada, 
drunk for the entire time I was with them. Drunk. Stinking drunk. <laughs> Crude. Rude. Aggressive. Dead and dull. All those qualities. It's good education. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yes. Is there a time at some point to talk about how to be, how to maintain all good qualities while surrounded by? Yeah, training, more awakeness, and and also realizing. I was saying this to to somebody yesterday. I've said this many times. There is a view somehow that. Being in those situations, which is common in life, you it will be a piece of cake because your mind will be so smooth and awake that you can rise above. You can't. It's impossible. It's a sheer, unmitigated mess. So be, be aware of your limitations and even the limitations of a great bodhisattva or awakened being going... Actually, this is not an appropriate place to be because the minds are unserviceable. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. And beating yourself up and going, how come I practice mindfulness and I've done a couple of retreats and I've heard the Dharma and I can't withstand, I'm, I feel pounded by the end of the day and tired? Well, because you should be. It's not easy for anybody. It's hard. Yeah, but... Aren't I supposed to be in a state of equanimity all day, no matter what happens? Well, that would say that you're a separate entity. That would say that you're actually a separate organism that doesn't feel, that doesn't actually breathe their oxygen, doesn't breathe their air, doesn't actually share their molecules. Have you ever been in a room like a meeting? And you feel good? You walk into a meeting, you sit down, people sit down, all of a sudden you feel anxiety? And you say, is that yours? May not be even yours. But you're going to be totally permeated, soaked with it. What happens when you get soaked with it day in, day out, day in, day out? And people are sitting in the meeting and quietly in their heads talking to themselves, going, I hate this fucker. fucker." (laughs) What do you think is being directed at you? What do you think you're actually living in all day long, longer than you might actually be living at home? And then some people go home and don't actually have very wholesome home environments or conflicted emotions there. You think it's easy? So, let's get real. Let's get real. It is not easy. Not easy at all. I think it was Terry first, yes. So back to the experience of being a hypocrite, given what we aspire to and where we see ourselves, there's a gap. Yep. And it seems that the more refined and more distinctions we're able to make, the bigger the gap. You apparently, you begin to see more which you need to do. But the thing to do is not berate yourself. But see, as my beloved teacher once said to me, <coughs> very pointedly when I was uh, <coughs> younger than I am now, is count your blessings, kid. Mm. 
You, you need to be able to see the blessings and not always focus on the lacks. So this is why writing things down is actually good, is where are all the positives? And you can often see that if you write all the positives, they're much bigger than the negatives. And that there is progress. There actually is progress on the path. You have to get real about it and go, and actually stand up and go like this and go, yeah, there is awakening happening. Instead of, well, I'm not quite there yet. Or now I've read the text about all-encompassing freedom, omniscience of mind. Oh, yeah. We haven't got there yet. Okay, now how many people today, this morning, before class, had a full-on experience of omniscience, uh, total omniscience of mind? Working on that. Working on that. Okay, you see? You stand it. You stand it. But I mean, did you withdraw or did you... No, I was... Free time, I was translating my Tibetan texts in their room. Wow. Working with them every day as a a deckhand. Uh, You survive. You learn to accommodate. You were in a boat as well as all this. I was in their cabin. Oh, a cabin. I was thinking in the forest. No, no, no. I was on a boat working with them all day long imbibing their um, their life. And they were swearing at me a lot. So did you break? I mean, my, I'm projecting and I feel like I would break. No, you just, just, you rise to it. You just do it. You rise to it. So, just rise to it. It's good. Makes you stronger. That which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes? What did you learn from that experience? Well, what do you think? Many things. This is all in here. That's uh, tremendous Dharma teaching. It's great Dharma teaching. And, and if you rise to it, it makes you a very strong being. Not just strong because you can withstand it, but incredibly compassionate. You, you, have, to, you have to see this text. This is real. You know, I, you know, I'm sorry, folks, but this, to me, is not a poetic, philosophical position. This is actually dead on. This is, this is for real. Everything in here is spot on. It's bang on. It's hell for most people. It's sheer, unmitigated misery for most beings. You have to wake up to that. And one way to do that is go into it and live in it and realize how precious it is to actually even have the potential vision that liberation is even possible. So, to give you a positive note, uh, your minds in this room are extraordinarily jewel-like and refined. This isn't conceit. This is honesty. It, uh, not, not me, but it's just it's honesty. Your minds are actually uh, uh, rare, serviceable, beautiful minds uh, compared with many, many minds. And you say, well, well, isn't that conceit because then you're, you're making comparisons? No. It's honesty. It's reality. 
you have to actually appreciate how rare a jewel your minds are by actually being able to come to Dharma classes, listen to this, practice this, even have some inkling that this is even possible. And many places in the world, you will, I hope you go, and then come back and go, this is shockingly precious. This is shocking. That's why I tease some people and say, so Saskia, are you coming with me to open the Dharma Center in Kandahar uh, this year? Would you like to come? I thought maybe a good thing to do is open a little branch office there, you know? What do you think about that? Or Mali right now. And we could pick, what, maybe 30 or 40 other countries and places in the world where your life expectancy would be very short. Why? All these factors. All these factors. And yet you get these types that I get to travel with every once in a while, which is, aren't they so sweet? Boy, look at their interesting culture. All these things. They don't realize the depths of depravity. The depths of inhumanity, of pockets of beings. Yes? You've got to open your eyes. Open your eyes. So Mark, what do you think? The quality of mind serviceable. It's like uh, getting somebody ready to do a chiropractic adjustment, getting them massaged enough, released enough, relaxed on the table enough, to actually go or turn them. They're, it's too tight. It's, it's too possibly damaging for that point. So serviceable means a lovely mind, softened, relaxed, able to hear, and able to actually move, move, be able to be directed. Whereas other, other consciousnesses, no direction possible. Except what? Food. Well, I can go on. You get the idea. You get the idea? Yeah. yeah. This is rare. But it's happening more. All over the world, not all over the world, but certain parts of the world, there are people studying liberation. It's fantastic. It's great. Let's continue. Further, we're talking about bodhisattvas here. Further, as a prelude to any action they do, they give rise to compassion towards all beings. As a pre now, as a prelude to any action. Without thinking, I am going to be compassionate. I am a bodhisattva, and I'm going to do an action of compassion towards all beings. It means the intent of the mind is imbued with compassion naturally imbued with compassion, as opposed to, if I do this, they're going to love me. If I do this, I'll get something really good out of it because I have a bodhisattva hat on. No. 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 Let's, see what, let's see how other translations... I'm very curious about that. In other words, in whatever preparatory actions a bodhisattva undertakes, he always, he or she, by the way, there are she bodhisattvas. So if it says he, it means also she. In whatever preparatory actions a bodhisattva undertakes, 
he or she always cultivates compassion for all sentient beings, has a great inclination towards the Mahayana teachings, has no hesitation to endure hardship, and perfectly performs the root virtue of the perfections, that is, the six perfections of the Paramita. So, training. Training to that, that what you do is for the benefit of other beings. It may be good for yourself, but it's going to be used for the benefit of other beings. It's going to, the, the direction of the mind is for the benefit of other beings, not for the um, protection or the um, always. So if it's going to be for the support of you, it's going to include other beings. Let's carry on here. The ornament of Mahayana Sutra says, developing compassion at the preparation stage, devoted interest, patience, perfectly performing the virtues, these are signs of the Mahayana family. So you just look that up and go, that's what you should be doing. You want to perfect it? Then that's what you do. Increase your patience. Devoted interest to compassion and liberation. Perform the virtues. That means good, wholesome activities that don't harm. These are the signs of the Mahayana family. Thus, these five families, those who are in the Mahayana family, are very close to the cause of enlightenment. Does that give you some hope? Not because we're boasting, not because we're making something artificial, but according to this very, very famous classic text, which is... Uh, the summary of thousands of years of wise beings teaching. All the beings in this room, uh, as it says, let's see how it says here, are very close to the cause of enlightenment, very close to bodhicitta, very close to Buddha nature. Does, Does this make sense? Why? It's already present. So would you stop beating yourselves up it's actually, classically, according to the text, you're very close. Pardon? Yeah, and that means you can make a list, I hope you do, make a list in your notebook, and actually put down the qualities that you have that are positive, and I think you will see that you're not that far away. It will then take training to elicit those qualities further and further and further and further and further. Does that make sense? Some of you are probably very good at mental concentration, but maybe a little bit weak on the uh, virtue side. Or maybe very, very good on the virtue side, but a little bit weak on the mental concentration. Do you see? So make up yourself a graph and a, and a list. You know, chart it out. And see where your, your strengths and weaknesses are. And get, an, get a good handle on it and go, wait a minute, here's a really good being. Yes. It would be interesting to see the graph that we do for ourselves versus how other people view us. Mm. 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 We're not going to do that. (laughs) That would be interesting. But it's good. It's good good then to uh, wake up your mind and listen to the subtle signs of your friends and not friends, giving you messages, feedback, little bits of feedback. You know, it's, it's... it's often the case that our friends aren't honest enough with us. And then they're too honest, and then some, some friends are too honest, 
and actually miss the point. So watch your friends. Some of your friends, and even strangers, can point out things to you that are extraordinary that you may not see or you know about, and you can then pull up your boots. You know your boots? So that's, that's, that's what you, you want to pick up those messages. You want to pick up those little slippages and go, you know, I could really be better. I'm going to work on that. So this is the thing. It's not all about sitting on your aspidastrous meditating. It's also being able to recognize all these qualities and be able to build them or uncover them because they're already there. Does this make sense? So be very, very careful that you don't fall into the craze of meditation craze. You have to perfect uh, these qualities and that means feedback in the world. It's one thing to be in a cave or a cabin and go, man, it's good. Am I good? I mean, I haven't been a hypocrite for a day. I haven't stepped on anybody's toes. You know, I haven't even said anything bad for someone for, for ages. I haven't been there. And they're all imaginary beings. Please give my best to Barry. And, and welcome him back anytime. And I'll, I'll be in touch. Yeah, good. So, so it's really easy for some to get to a point in a cabin or a cave or a monastery and go, I'm really virtuous. And then go out into a difficult situation and find out you get some feedback. This is, this is you need. We all need this. This is good. We need this. But don't take everything that everybody says as being factual. Because there's also delusion of other beings, including friends and family, that don't see clearly. So it's much better to have clear-seeing beings. And that's what you meant by friends giving us feedback that are missing the point. Yes, be careful about that. Okay. And it's interesting because Miller told Gampopa, don't notice the flaws in other Dharma practitioners. Yep. Just focus on... That's right. It's very, very easy and very common for students to go, uh, I don't think Dharma is worthwhile because they look at other students with some of the vir- unvirtuous activities and go, or teachers, and they go, it's a write-off. That's a very classic Western. It's just a write-off. And all, they just get sunk. But that doesn't necessarily mean that those are always wise beings. Yeah. Well, at least they're trying. At least they're trying. So, so it actually takes pretty good wisdom to be able to recognize beings that are a little clearer than you are or reasonably clear that aren't just spouting uh, apps. You know, psychological apps? From where? And how well do they know who you are? At the same time, sometimes it's a beautiful gift. They have a way of just saying something about you and you just, whoa. So instead of just taking it as being true, go, just examine it and say, actually, is this the way I am? A lot of what we do is difficult to see for us. We do need feedback. We need uh, beings to look at us 
and actually give us feedback. It's good. The hearer and solitary realizer families will eventually lead to Buddhahood, but the cause is further away and will take a long time. <coughs> the disconnected family, I like that, the disconnected, the switched off. The disconnected family is known by Buddha to wander in samsara for a long time, but this does not mean that they, are, they absolutely will not attain Buddhahood. They can attain Buddhahood, but will take a very long time. Therefore, since all sentient beings belong to one of these families, all sentient beings are of the Buddha nature. Thus, by the above three reasons, it has been demonstrated that all sentient beings have the Buddha nature. Furthermore, consider these examples. Silver abiding in its ore, or gold abiding in its ore. Have you ever seen gold ore? Some of it you, won't, you don't see the gold at all, right? Like the, the, remember seeing the gold ore from Yellowknife, the Yellowknife mine? There's nothing indicating that it's gold ore. There's not a fleck that you'll see. It has to be uh, really refined, uh, refined to be brought out. Others, you can see little, occasionally, little flecks. Yes? How about diamonds? How many tons of, di- of rock does it, uh, is it required to find a one carat or a total of one carat stone? A good mine, it's one ton of rock for one carat, which is one-fifth of a gram, to be profitable. Isn't that something? Gold's even higher, yeah. yeah. Rubies? Much rarer. You can dig in a ruby mine or sapphire mine for weeks or months and not find anything. Or, oh, ever been to an opal mine in Australia? These big digging machines? They have these, these boring machines, big tunnels like this. They can go a year without finding a pocket. Then they hit a pocket that pays for everything. Or this pocket that pays for not much. But they're always waiting daily for hitting the pocket. But it's there. It's there. How much do you have to go through to... So you could even say that these different families is the percentages of diamonds per, per ton. Yeah? You know, how, much, how much rock do you have to actually break up to get some diamonds out of them? No? And then for the, the really switched-off class, the diamonds are bort. Do you know the term bort? Uh, it's not suitable for gem quality. It's suitable for drilling purposes. It's opaque. It's just bl- brown, black, opaque. So it's suitable for drilling. You can drill with it, um, but, but uh, not suitable for, for gem, gem quality. You might get a little tiny uh, area. This is gem quality. So this is Vajrayana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vajrayana. <laughs> Silver abiding its ore... Oil abiding in a mustard seed, and butter abiding in milk. From silver ore, we can produce silver. From mustard seed, we can produce oil. Ever had mustard oil? Pretty amazing oil, isn't it? Mustard oil? It's great. Especially mustard oil dribbled on rice. That's a marvelous. Or dribbled on greens. Very, very little bit. Marvelous. And from milk, we can produce butter. Likewise, sentient beings can become Buddhas. Is that logical? Well, obviously, if you can get oil out of mustard seeds and butter out of milk, yes, 
and silver out of ore, isn't this completely logical? Then obviously, Buddha nature out of humans, or sentient beings, yes? You're all going, uh-huh. This is why I say uh, some other way of convincing uh, logical is required. But if you make up a list, uh, you will see you have all the qualities of Buddha nature uh, already in your being, being exhibited, but the mental programming is that you fo- one generally focuses on the negative stuff and isn't very clear about all the blessings one has and all the blessings one gives other beings. The human mind is measured by university student as uh, university population at Western campuses. Yeah. Or trained to critique. Or train, yeah, and, and, and the background training of those people in that in that particular population are measured. So I think we need to wait on that to see if that's a if that's a universal. I don't think it is actually. I don't actually think it is. If the mind is driven by fear, then it will look for the negatives. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The mothers. The babies. Yes. They look for the positives. Oh, he's smiling. Mm-hmm. Do do do, all do all mothers do that? Pretty much. Pretty much. In maybe a wealthy area, but maybe not so much in a some person there to stay. Especially some parts of the United States. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm just kidding. It's always fun. If we have more New Zealanders here, I could. You can talk to them later. Take take them out. And talk to them. Set them straight. Set them straight. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Any more? Yes. It is just the stories that we're told over and over, and that we just have this inclination to believe it to be true. Very good. Uh, feel, feel the drive to be a, to must latch on to a story, any story, to be able to explain the anxiety of the unknown or the puzzle or the mystery. Contemplate that deeply. I wish you'd do that for weeks. Just hear the stories and feel how much the consciousness wants to bottle up and sew up the story. We found the Higgs boson. Have we? It's been announced. Has it been found? What has been found? A bit of data has been found. Do we even know what the Higgs boson is? No. That's that's for another time. That's okay. That's fine, Sasuke. That's another time. Do you, do you see? So watch for the within milliseconds. The bottling up. The, do you know what I mean? Sewing up. Uh, the boxing and packaging, of the idea, the concept, the feeling, the explanation the story, the app, and that's done. Can you hold your consciousness in a way 
that is allows for stories but doesn't believe any of them without that critical, nasty side that says, I bet it's wrong or I doubt it. Do you see what I mean? An open experience of stories that knows that all stories are partial view and doesn't buy any of them. Make sense? Doesn't buy any of them, but doesn't have this nasty critical side, which is, I doubt they're all, I doubt it, I doubt it. But just, just goes along, but can actually subsume many different stories and hold it open. Hold it open. Hold it open. Hmm? Train yourself that way. So there's something to work on. Good, good insight meditation. Uh, I've given this one many, many times. Is see if you can keep catching the story that explains. Oh, I know why that coffee tastes like that. We do this all the time. We have a good joke about that. I know why that toffee tastes like that because it's from uh, Ethiopia. But what you do is you wait for the surprise of the one that isn't that does the same thing. Or I know why that's working. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that explains it. Oh, it's due to testosterone levels. No, no, no. It's due to thyroid imbalance. Or it's due to... It's due to... And we love that. And then it's all sewn up. It's put away. That little Google uh, two-liner is filed away. And you know how the universe works. It's preposterous. But yet, if it works, use it. But don't believe it more than a story. Now, does that mean the world's bad? No. Does that mean that people don't know anything? No. It simply means everything operates on mind creation. The whole world and universe is built by mind creation. And mind is constantly throwing up new creations. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to finish this this morning. Okay? I'm going to finish this. That's it. And I'm going to see some people if they want to see me. This is the first chapter dealing with the primary cause from the jewel ornament of liberation, the wish-fulfilling gem of the noble teachings. <laughs> Thank you. First chapter complete. I'm on schedule. Okay? Good. So I'll stay behind if there's any anybody uh, need to see me. Yeah? Two? Two? Just, just two. First two. And then I'll make uh, available for others. Okay? And I think what I'd like to do tonight is have a pause on classes. Okay? Uh, take a break. And uh, that gives you a space to meditate and uh, get deeper and quieter. Yeah? Uh, that way. That'll be good. What, what, what time is your... 9.30? 8.30. Now, let's have a class tonight and pause the next morning. Okay, so I'll repeat that. How's that sound? Class tonight and no class tomorrow morning. All right? Just because there's some very important things that I need to do. Okay? Just, just two this morning.
by this uh, powerful, liberating activity. May it lead to the cessation of suffering for all beings. Idante punikamang asawaki wang ho tu. Idante punikamang asawaki wang ho tu. Idante punikamang asawaki wang ho tu. May all beings be healthy and happy. And may all beings be deeply and fully established in freedom. Perfect unity of wisdom and compassion. Sarmangalam, Sarmangalam, Sarmangalam.